I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while. I'm going to exegete a passage. That means I'm going to go through it verse by verse. That's a fancy language for, for, for that. And um, I, mean, I was just sort of asking the Lord, what, is it, what, you know, what are you doing, Andy? What's your... Because uh, the last couple of preaches, I did one on uh, kind of apostolic mindsets, moving pastoral to apostolic. I did one on uh, prosperity, healthy prosperity. Uh, and today I want to talk about intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And it could sound like it, they're not connected. Of course, they're in the Bible and it's about God. But actually, what, what, my, what I'm carrying, I think, is this, it's this 500 years since the Reformation we've celebrated this October. And I think what, what God's unpacked to me is this is a new Reformation that we're in. And, and so we celebrate honor and we wouldn't be here without justification by faith alone, which is what was the major thing that got recovered in that, that incredible season of God. Uh, and yet there are many other things that didn't get moved on. Uh, so we got stuck in a poverty mindset. We got stuck in cessationism. We got stuck in a kind of priesthood, pastoral mentality of church. Um, and it's not knocking pastoral gifting, but you, you need to get the message. But there's a lot of things that God is now shifting that didn't shift then. Uh, and, and, and is moving us on from uh, that is radical for Europe, I think. that Europe has a unity in its spiritual roots, its spiritual heritage, whether you go to Germany, here in Scotland, down in England, France. There's, 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 there's a lot of common root because of what God did through the church in different ways, actually over centuries. Uh, and so <clears throat> whether we're Brexiteers or not is not the point. You can't escape this common spiritual heritage that we've carried and that God wants to actually use the good of and break us through into another dimension. It was great hearing Jan's testimony from uh, the, the guy who is now going around all these Catholic churches bringing thousands to Christ. And if you, yeah, Jean Luc Trachel, is it? Amazing guy, absolutely incredible that that is happening across Europe. Europe will be saved, Inclu including Catholics, Protestants. Europe will be saved. Uh, so today we want to look at um, the other thing I'm thinking about. I will get there eventually. The other is, is what, what what what's our momentum? You know, church, church, it's good to be in a church, you feel like it's going somewhere, it has some yeah. pizzazz to it, some, yeah. some <laughs> I, I don't know what you, but there's a flavor, isn't there, of some fire, some movement, some excitement, and, and, and there are all kinds of ways of generating that. You know, we could do fancy events, and people go, whoa, look what they're doing, you know, they have fancy events, woohee! We, we, the next fancy event is coming and, and all that's good, that's okay but actually I think our passion our heartbeat is that our momentum comes from Holy Spirit that's a little bit more ethereal but we love his presence he's the heartbeat, he's the engine room he's the fire if we don't have his fire it, it, you know, my passion is we have a church that if he's not here it doesn't work 
It would be sad, wouldn't it, if he kind of decided to be absent for a little while and it just all rolled on and nobody noticed. That would be bad news. Um, just, just saying. Some of you are looking at me like, maybe not. Um, so the source of our momentum is the Holy Spirit. So our intimacy with him and our relationship with him as an individual, as a community, is actually really important. And the source, I was thinking about freedom the other day as well. Excuse me, this is a long intro, but we will get there. (laughs) Humankind, politicians have been trying to do freedom forever. You know, if you go to America, I forget which way around it is, but land of the brave, home of the free, or one of the, I'm looking at, say it for me. Sorry, Mary Lou. (laughs) Land of the free, home of the brave. That, that's the, the, you know, liberty. If you go to France, what's their motto? Liberty, frater- liberty fraternity, equality. Liberty, freedom, and equality. Men want freedom. Men and women want freedom. The planet wants freedom. And they're trying to generate political systems and ideologies that will give you the feeling that you are free. I'd just like to say that systems are not the thing that makes freedom. They can get in the way of freedom. They can hinder freedom. They can cramp your style. They they can be unfree. They can disenfranchise you, etc. But ultimately, true freedom has only one source. And that's the Bible tells us that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And as Danny Silk beautifully says, he says, where is the most of the spirit of the Lord? It's in heaven. So where is the most freedom of all? In heaven. So the more we pray for heaven to come to earth, the more we're praying for infinite amounts of freedom to break out in our lives, in our environment, in our planet. And we can't get distracted to think that just if we tweak the right structure, freedom will happen. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? You can, you can hinder freedom by having the wrong structure, but if we don't retain that receiving heaven to earth, we will lose connection to the source. Okay, you, you never have to agree, agree with me. But, but I think it's a good point. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 2. <laughs> oh. We're going to go, we're going to break in at, I need my glasses. <clears throat> Verse 6, are you ready? Oh, we've got it up here, so. In the NIV, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age we are coming, who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God designed for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. Hmm. 
However, it is written, no, what no, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the mind of man has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For whom among men know the thoughts of a man except the spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Yeah, let's keep going. We have not received the spirit who is from the world, but the spirit is from God, that we might understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths and spiritual words. And then 14, last verse. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they're spirit to discern. Sorry, one more. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any, can't see man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, which is a quote from the Old Testament, but we have the mind of Christ. Wow. Exciting. Um, let's just go back up. The context of this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. They are inviting in lots of speakers. Uh, Corinth was on part of what we call Greece. And they were inviting. In those, those days there was no internet, no television, no movies. But they were, they were fascinated by great oratory. And so the Corinthian church... Paul had established it and moved on and they were inviting in these Christian speakers who were great orators, who were claiming wisdom and they were being impressed by the oratory but missing the heartbeat of it. So before this Paul talks about how he, 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 he made up his mind not to come to them with words of wisdom but just in demonstration of the spirit and power. Because he wanted to display, and he talks about the cross being the wisdom from God, but it's foolishness to man. And it's very easy for us to, and it's happened over the centuries at different times, people get swept up in great oratory and great declarations of wisdom and way forward. But actually, if it doesn't have a declaration of the cross and the resurrection in the heart of it, and a display of spirit power, well, is it heaven's wisdom? That's what Paul's trying to say to them. And the other thing that's happening is their kind of camps are appearing. In, remember, the, there were no denominations then or streams or, or movements. There was just this emerging church. And inside this church in Corinth, there was people saying, well, I'm a Paul, I'm an Apollos, who, who were great men of God. I'm a Cephas, who was Peter, who was a great man of God. And they were kind of copying the, the spirit of the day, which was sort of camp round your favorite speaker. And what he's doing is, 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 that's the context of this passage. And he's saying, actually, the wisdom from above is nothing like the wisdom that you're getting. And is maybe the spirit of this world or the spirit of this age is beginning to infect this church. And it's beginning to camp out around speakers. It's beginning to think that oratory is great. Because one of their criticisms of Paul was that he wasn't a great speaker. His words are impressive when they're written down. And they have all these kind of gripes about him, which is why he writes 1 and 2 Corinthians, because he's like, you may have all these gripes, but I am officially awesome. It's kind of what he's saying to them, because God sent me to you, 
And I may not be a great speaker, but you know, I do raise the dead, heal the sick, and cleanse the leper. So, and you wouldn't have known the gospel if I hadn't showed up. Because what he's saying is, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man conceived, nobody, doesn't matter how smart they are, doesn't matter how many lectures you listen to, you could travel the world and go to every university, listen to every single rational, reasonable, wonderful explanation of life, biology, philosophy. You could travel the world and see all its wonders. You could use your senses to the max and never discover what God's prepared for you. You can get all the best speakers in from Athens or whatever and listen to them, but actually you can never discover or penetrate the glorious things that God has has got for you using your own heart imagination, your eyes and your ears. And he's saying the reason that they killed Jesus is actually if the world rulers, the people of influence, had actually understood, they wouldn't have killed him. But what tends to happen in humanity, and, and this is reflected in lots of movies, isn't it? Like, particularly alien movies, is what we don't understand, we shoot. <laughs> and, and so we always make aliens out to be aggressive, dominant, taking over the world, drilling to our core to blow us up. All the aliens, because we just, the things we don't understand we think are here to destroy us so we want to destroy them first that's what they did with Jesus they didn't understand be careful with dismissing what you don't understand when particularly something that is I don't know a bible teaching or a move of God or a a spiritual happening just because it's scary and you don't understand it be careful of shooting it in in, in metaphorical terms yeah yeah because that's what they did with Jesus. He was, he was powerful, but he was scary, and they didn't understand him, so they got rid of him. That's what this is saying. And it's saying that it's not possible by human endeavor, human learning, seeing, hearing, the heart of a man's imagination to get a hold of what God has prepared for those who love him. doesn't matter how long you study, how hard you try, It doesn't come by effort and it doesn't come by human sense. Which God has given us human sense, all right? So it's not that these things are wrong or bad. It's just saying they're not the method or conduit by which you get to know what God has got for you. In fact, God's made it not possible to do that. It's a bit like having... A radio that that doesn't have DAB in it. Do, do you know what I mean? The di- digital bro- you need that thing in your radio to get digital bro- broadcasting. Otherwise, you're stuck with AM, FM. And some of us like long wave because you can get the cricket. Um, <laughs> but it's impossible if you don't have don't have that receiver or don't switch into that receiver to get that transmission on that wavelength. Yeah, this is heaven's transmission. It's not on the same wavelength as eyes, ears, or human imagination. <clears throat> I thought that was good, but we'll keep going. Good point. Great. But it says it's impossible, but 
verse 10, these things God has revealed to those, to us through the Spirit. So he shows his hand. What's impossible to attain, to understand, to receive by human means, God has made it possible by giving you Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit does this thing to you called revelation. Turning on the light. Switching on the lights. Opening your eyes. Opening your understanding. Giving you a wow or a ooh or a waha or a kind of moment as you see the glorious things that he has prepared for those who love him. We are utterly dependent as believers on Holy Spirit operating in our lives and turning us into people who receive heaven's wavelength. That's what this is saying. This is what this passage is saying. You can't do it by like, I'll stand funny, then maybe I'll receive it. Or, I, I don't know. I'm shaking, that means it must be God. Well, it might be, but that won't make it happen. It's the Holy Spirit. And it's really fascinating to me that as I grew up in evangelicalism, I'm sure I, I almost began to believe that Jesus said, when I leave you, I will leave you the Bible. Yeah. It's better for you that I go away because when I leave you, I will send you a Bible. Yeah. And the Bible will lead you into all truth. And the Bible will equip you for everything you need to know. And as I was brought up as a young Christian, if you know enough of it and you study enough of it, you're going to be truly awesome. Now you could misunderstand what I'm saying right now, but that isn't in the Bible. What I just said is what the message I received, but that isn't what's in the Bible, interestingly enough. And you all know it's true because I'm preaching to the choir here. But I like doing that because everybody nods at me and smiles. So (laughs) Jesus said, what did he say? I'm going away and it's better that I go away. Because when I go, I will send you the Holy Spirit. I will send you Holy Spirit. And he, it's better having him than it is having me in the flesh. Now, if you're a person like me that tends to rely on what I can see, hear, and feel, that doesn't compute. I'd rather have Jesus physically in front of me. Hi, Jesus. And go, you know, Jesus, like, I got this issue in my life, um, and I don't understand. What do you think? And we have a conversation. You tell me, thanks, Jesus, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call. Jesus has a mobile phone, and he has an address, and... You know, and then I need healing so Jesus you know I'm, I'm sick just thank you Jesus to me that's a lot easier to deal with than he goes away and sends a spirit yeah. I, I don't know if, how you feel about that but, but he says his idea is better than my idea yeah. <clears throat> so I'm willing to put up with that Well, actually, I'm willing to embrace that enthusiastically. 
So these things that we can't discover are revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. This revealed thing means that in our culture, the culture that God is creating amongst us is that we have to increasingly value revelatory gifts and revelatory experiences because that's how God shows us himself and his mysteries. I think that's why it says that apostles and prophets are the foundation of the church. Not because they're big and important. No, we're, everybody's as important as one another. Everybody's as valuable as one another. But the primary spark for a healthy church is the revelatory gifts. And the primary function of apostles and prophets is, is revelatory. revelatory in, they get, Paul got his stuff by work of, he says he didn't study to get this, he got it by a working of God's power. He had revelatory encounters. Is this making sense? And then to the whole of the church, God gives revelatory gifts, gives revelatory encounters. So we are learning to value our visions and our dreams, for instance, because that's the language of revelation. We're learning to value our Bibles more, I believe, as we understand the work of the Holy Spirit to reveal to us truth through the Scripture. And so that we don't, as as, as Nick, one of our leaders, says, you know, he used to be angel blind. He read his Bible and everywhere there was angel inserted God. And we, we can be all sorts of, have blinkers on as we read it if we are not allowing Holy Spirit to be our teacher. So, so, so you may be getting dreams. I'm just so impressed with Teresa, who's my missus sitting here. She's now got a dream book by her bed because all the time that we've grown up, dreams are suspect. We always say it was the pizza or the cheese. For years, we never had a category of it was the cheese, the pizza, or it could be the Holy Spirit. But if it's the Holy Spirit, we want to know. If you, it's an interesting study to read through, particularly the Old Testament, how many times yeah. God interacted significantly with an individual yeah. in their sleep. Yeah. Solomon's famous encounter where you know, he asked for wisdom, was the whole thing happened in a dream while he was asleep, and God counted his answer as the answer. Yeah. Man, that's quite scary to me. Like, What am I going to say to God in my sleep? But... <laughs> Do, do, do you see what I mean? That's the language of heaven. That's the revelatory realm. Is actually something starts to happen in your sleep. Or someone will come up to you with a revelatory gift, a word of knowledge, or a prophecy. And they'll start to speak over your life. And you start to go, wow, I didn't know that about myself. That's God revealing to you by his spirit some of the goodies that you don't know yet. So that's why we want to value prophecy because it's a revelatory gift that shows us his heartbeat for us and it's a way that he can unpack the glorious things he has for us. Do, do, do you get me? Yeah. You're with me? Yeah. So he gives you visions. He gives you all kinds of... The language of heaven is not quite the same as ours. Yeah. And so we're learning to value the way that he communicates above the way some of our preferred methods. Yeah. A vision can change your life. Yes. 
could go around and say, what am I supposed to do with my life? What am I? And suddenly you have this picture. You have this encounter, we call it. This moment where you're fixed in the presence of God and you see something. And suddenly you know the answer. That's God revealing to you. But it gets more exciting or more interesting. The Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. It goes on to say, For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now try, try and just hold that couple of sentences for a moment. Because it's super kind of juicy with goodies. Who knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man? You can say things to people. You can write letters. You can write books. You can send them emails. You can text, tweet, Facebook. But actually what you project from you may or may not be completely authentically in line with what's going on interior. And, and, and one of the deals about social media these days is people have this other persona that they promote in a social media context that may or may not have any connection to who they really are. But what this is saying is kind of going deeper. It said inside you is a thing called spirit and that spirit really is where you really exist and what you're really thinking, feeling, believing resides. Who knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of a man? Yeah. What's really going on in your life is happening in there. Not what you tweeted, although it may be, but maybe not. But the authentic thing is happening in this realm called your spirit. Yeah? And we all have it. It's all going on right now. Even now, this precise moment, you are reacting to what I'm saying. And you may be smiling on the outside, but you may be grumpy on the inside. Or it may be the other way around. I, I don't know, but your spirit does. So I'm not getting at you, I'm just using it as an example. All right, this, this, there's that kind of internal thing. And he's saying, who knows the spirit, what's going on inside a man except the spirit of a man? And who knows what's going on inside of God but the spirit of God? So as you have that internal reality, so does he. So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The difference in the text between his spirit and our spirit is, in my Bible, his spirit has got a capital S in front of it. Because it's his. It's Holy Spirit. But it's in the realm of spirit. Right, so we've established that the person or the dimension of you that truly knows you and where you really exist is in this realm of spirit. And so God is like that too. Okay? Okay, we're going to move on because we're going to run out of time otherwise. <clears throat> now verse... Where are we up to? 13, 12. Now, he... 
We have received not the spirit of the world. So this spirit that's starting to infect them and they're becoming divided around people and celebrating this sort of great oratory wisdom, that's not the spirit that they've received, but the spirit who is from God. Okay, stay, stay with me. Don't, don't, don't not leave the room right now because this would be a bad moment to start thinking about something else. I won't even mention it otherwise you will. <laughs> so I have a spirit that really knows what's going on inside of me and what I believe and think and feel, all right? God's the same, you're the same. Yeah. What he's saying is just imagine, just briefly for a moment, I am God, okay? Yeah. Just imagine. It's, a, it's an illustration. Don't freak out on me, all right? My spirit knows what's going on inside of me. And in order for you to understand me, I am taking my spirit from me and I'm putting it down inside of you alongside your spirit. The text is what the text says. Shall we read it again just to make sure? We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So he's defined what that spirit is, who he is, what what he functions as, who's the inner knowings of God, the inner belief system of God, the inner values of God, the feelings and thoughts of the divine being himself is the spirit of God. And in order for you to be utterly in tune with his divine majesty, his exceptional glory, his inexplicable wisdom and all the glorious things that he has for you and me, the way he's decided to function is to take his spirit with all of that in it and put it inside of you. Infinite divinity camps out in you. That's got some whack on it, as some people say. That's like, I mean, I wouldn't have come up with this plan, would you? Does he ever run out of spirit? Like, what? She, he, they've got so much Holy Spirit, there can't possibly be any more for me. That God, 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 God's infinite. He just keeps giving of himself. He, he's, he's like the chocolates in the pocket. He gives you one and he's still got some there. Yeah, have my spirit. Oh, look at this. I've still got him. Here, have my spirit. Oh, look at this. I've still got him. Here, have my spirit. Did, did, you, get, did you get the whole Mars bar? Yeah, well, I've still got a Mars bar right here. That's how this works. (laughs) But for some of us, it can feel like flipping aliens have invaded me. (laughs) So he doesn't carry a ray gun. He doesn't have a big head. But he is inside you. 
Don't shoot him. It's a good exegesis, isn't it? <laughs> so we've received, if you come to Jesus, you've received the spirit of God, the thing that ticks inside of him, the thing that makes him tick, the thing that has where his thoughts are, his feelings, his purposes, his imagination. Goes, yeah. and starts going, bing, bing, hello, bing, bing, hello, bing. Or to use Paul's phrase, his spirit testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. Bing, hello, daddy's here, bing. <laughs> you remember that. <laughs> so he's done this so we can understand what he has freely given us. Not what we've earned, what he's given. <clears throat> And, and just kind of moving it along. This, isn't that exciting? You have the Spirit of God inside of you so that you can understand the things that it's impossible to comprehend by any other means. So we have to... What, 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 what this means is, is that it is internally we become tuned into that reality. It's true for all of us. Whether you feel it or not, think it or not, is not irrelevant. Is irrelevant. It is true. Yeah. But we're tuning our reality into his. And then there's a flow of his life into ours. Who? And it goes on to say that 14, the natural person doesn't accept the things of the Spirit of God. For they are folly to him. He's not able to understand them because they're spiritually discerned. What he's saying is that if you give yourself only to the natural realm all the time, you, you, you are not developing your sense, your, you know, your tuning to this realm which is yours by gift. And then he says something absolutely outrageous. In verse 16, just to land this, he says, Who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, which is an Old Testament Quote, basically saying, of course no one's understood the mind of God so to instruct him. He's God. We don't tell him what to do. We don't know what's in his mind. That would be absurd to think like that, which is how most Christians tend to think. But then he blows it out of the water by saying, but we have. What does it say? Man, I have enough trouble with my own. Now he's given me another one. And he can say that because of all that he's already said. Because the Holy Spirit is in us, that contains the mind of Christ. That is included in the spirit. The spirit realm that has invaded your life he is the one who has the mysteries. He is the one hmm, who has the thoughts. Who knows the thoughts of God? He said it already. Who knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God? But you have the mind of Christ because the thoughts 
and the thoughts of God because the Spirit of God is in you. So Paul can confidently say we have the mind of Christ. Now we can choose to tune into it and use it. You know, it doesn't mean everything you think is the mind of Christ, okay? That's not what I'm saying. Like, well, I'm a Christian, everything I think now is what Jesus thinks. No, no, no. But we can learn to think what Jesus thinks by tuning into his divine reality, his spirit inside of us and rely less on what we think and more on what he thinks and tune into the realm of spirit and revelation and more away from earth. So let's, let's do something just to be happy. This is exciting. It's like, wow. All of him. All of him's in all of me. And I'm not very big and he's enormous. I got the whole Mars bar. Why don't you just have a conversation with Holy Spirit inside of you? Just, just welcome him. Acknowledge his presence in you. Turn your affections to his presence that is in you. He's not coming. He's not waiting for next service. He's not waiting till you improve. <clears throat> Just say, hello, Holy Spirit. I believe you're there. I love you, Holy Spirit. What, what are you doing in my life right now? Not from the point of view of what the heck are you doing here, get out. What are you, what are you doing? What's your, what's your voice? Huh. So good. So do try this at home. Ask him for revelation. Ask him to speak. Ask him to give you his mind. Ask him to speak to you for other people. Practice revelatory gifts. So I'm, I'm gonna, we need to land because of children and stuff. But let me give you a little, a little activation to prophesy over someone over coffee don't just catch up on the kids or where you're going on holiday just ask holy spirit for a, a word of revelation for the person you get a biscuit with how about that you don't have to do this but recommend it